0: Puck, oh, and, yeah.
1: and it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown!
2: Each your
0: inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy
1: Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown! New
0: Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go to practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season.
3: That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD!
0: Welcome to Inside Black and Gold.
3: And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas.
0: Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. (laughs) Oh, baby! Welcome in, Saints fans. Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak gearing up for Week 13. Detroit Lions coming in to face the Saints. Got some injuries to deal with, uh, obviously. uh, Questions about uh, Rashid Shaheed. And Chris Olave coming back from the concussion protocol, uh, we'll, we'll be c- keep monitoring that. But um, we got to hear from quarterback Derek Carr on Wednesday. And, man, I, I know a lot of folks are sick of hearing from head coach Dennis Allen what he's had to say. But uh, DC and what he, I guess, is spewing out is kind of getting old as well.
1: Yeah, so we'll get into that. I do want to talk about So first, there was one move, one roster move that's worth talking about first, and might as well get it, get it in the top, which is uh, the Saints signed Jonathan Abram to the active roster. Um, that's kind of a, an interesting one just because Jordan Howden is probably going to start. Like I think the Saints are happy with Jordan Howden in terms of getting him in that role. But you had to sign Jonathan Abram to get him on the active roster because you've already elevated him three times. So you can't elevate him again. So really, only the option was to get him on the active roster, um, and I had I had one person just reply me on Twitter, been like, "Oh, that means they're not they're not happy with Jordan Howden or they're not confident in Jordan Howden. It's like, no, you just need somebody as the gap. Right. Um, so yeah, because Marcus you know, May's dealing with the injury. Marcus May's dealing with an injury, and uh, Marshawn Lattimore is on IR, and so you never filled that roster spot. I think you probably would have filled it with JPP if uh, he didn't get you know snaked away for, by Miami. Nice knowing uh, you. Yeah, that was fun. The JPP era in New Orleans is a oh, it was a blast. It was a blast. But what hasn't been a blast <laughs> is the Derek Carr era in New Orleans. And you know, I went on a long rant on the last podcast. So, you know, and and that was more geared toward kind of the blinders that feel like they're on the coaching staff in terms of just admitting that there is a problem in ter- like in the red zone. Like there's a problem in the red zone. And you know what I just it, it, to me it feels like. Derek isn't held accountable to the same level of criticism as some of the other guys on the roster, some of the other some of the young guys on the roster. And if you're looking at this and trying to figure out, OK, well, is there discontent? Well, what would what would kind of create that? Well, if you're not, you're not holding if if it feels like there's like special treatment being given to the quarterback because he's the quarterback, um, then that's not good. And, you know, we you also mentioned, you know, one of the things that we talked to Derek Carver Wednesday and he's very congenial. He's not. Abrasive, he's not aggressive. Like he'll accept every question and he'll answer them. But you know, at, at a certain point, it's like, Derek, you know that we know that you're not <laughs> answering these questions. He's very well trained at saying nothing. Yes, yes, and he'll admit that. And but so this is uh, I, I do think there, there's a couple of clips that I want to play that are interesting to me. One of them is uh you know, Mike Triplett, and Nick Underhill kind of asked Derek about. The red zone stuff, and it's it's pretty damning. Like statistically, it's damning. Like there's no way around it. Like <laughs> there's no question of what you're watching and what you're looking at. It's just not a good red zone quarterback. Um, but this is what Derek had to say on that front. We've asked you about the red zone narrative a lot, and those stats have kind of followed you and. Some of it circumstantial, but, but when it happens, the sample size is pretty big right now. I mean, do you like really try to identify what is it about that area of the field?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's what we, you know, we spend our time, you know, in the building talking about. That's why we spent spend extra time on it this week. Uh, you know, the you know fact of the matter is doesn't change. I always tell you the truth. You know, like you know, we're moving the ball down there if we don't you don't know, have the two turnovers or the penalties. You know uh, we're running good plays and we're moving the ball you know we don't have a problem moving it but when we get down there um, we've had games where we've done really well and we've had games where it's been really bad and so i think the biggest thing is the inconsistency it's not that we can't do it uh, it's just why is it inconsistent and we have answers um, everyone wants to hear the answers but we just don't you know we keep them in house you said you guys got the answers for the, the red zone. Like, what's it gonna I, take I, to see it to see it consistently on the field? If you want to share what it is, well, what's it to take to see it? I said, I said that we're working on the answers. That's what we've been doing. And so, um, I appreciate you know everyone wanting to have the or us to just say everything we've been feeling and say everything that we've seen on tape and say all the coaching points and all those things. But I'll never do that. And so, um, I know it's just on me to keep doing it. And for, you know, whoever they want to point at, please point at me because I can handle it. How, how do you weigh that though? Like when you guys are moving the ball, but you aren't moving it in the last 20, like how do you, how do you marry those two two thoughts together? I don't know, man. You gotta ask Coach Pete and DA, uh, myself. When you ask us, we're not going to be able to give you all the answers that everyone wants to hear on the things we're trying to work to do better. Uh, schematics and player and all those kind of things. And so, you're going to keep asking the same question. I'm going to keep giving a lot of words and no answer, you know, because I'm not going to tell you.
1: And yeah, we got, we, we went a long way So just to be clear, those were not sequential. Like those were not three questions in a row, but they were all, I mean, the same, <laughs> the same theme of questions. And yeah. so I tweeted something yesterday that I don't know if a lot of people will get the reference, but it reminds me so much of this. If you watch the office, the American office, there's a scene after Michael Scott leaves and they're interviewing people for the job and well, our net shows up and, and he's like, I have a, I have a three step plan to double your profits. And they're, and they are like, Oh, great. What's the, what's the plan? And he's like, well, wait, man, I can't just, can't just give you my plan. I'm like what? Well, like, That's my plan. And then, and then they're like, well, how do we know you actually have the plan? If you're not going to tell us, tell us the plan, you might just be saying that. And it's like well i mean i i wouldn't just say that i mean of course i have a plan <laughs> and then and they're like what well, well how, can you give us part of the plan he's like i'll give you let's give you part three of part two <laughs> of the plan which is uh color code said document tm <laughs> like did you just just trademark that like that's a verbal trademark that's a that's an agreement anyway that's basically the entire scene um and so that's this is what it feels like it's like like congratulations derek like we know that you have meetings and we know that you have coaching points, but it's just like, there's this weird disconnect between accepting the fact that it's not bad luck in the red zone. It's not just this run of, Oh, we had a penalty and we had a fumble. It's like those things did happen. Yes. But it seems like it's like those facts are being used to just, to just kind of muddle the picture of what's actually happening, which is just bad red zone football, bad red zone football. And it's like, if you can't admit that that's just the problem, then it's the problem.
0: We we ignored Walter football back when we first, I think they first signed uh, Derek Carr. They, he put out, tweeted out like a montage of all of Derek Carr's woes in the red zone. And we're like, oh, that's just, that's easy to take, you know, misconstrue whatever you're trying to, you know, portray there kind of thing. And it just, it ends up being, a uh, uh, same
1: problem reoccurring now in New Orleans. I think you're talking about Warren Sharp, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But yeah, so I, one of the things that was started this week, and, and that's the thing, it's like you ask these questions about Derek Carr and you're not sure about the answers. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask Derek about this week was the conversation that kind of started on Sunday with Alvin Kamara and then Dennis Allen on Monday. And, You know, even even this answer, it's frustrating to me, and 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 you know, I think you'll understand when you get halfway through it. There's been a lot of conversation about the identity, quote unquote, of this team, and when you hear that, you hear that conversation. What what is your kind of response to that idea, and what what does identity mean in the frame of the football team?
3: I gotta be honest. um, For me, I haven't heard anything. I don't. I don't. I don't I don't know what anybody did or said. Um, I'm sorry for that, but for me, I would say like on offense, the things that we emphasize are being explosive and physical up front, you know, be physical up there and then let our get the ball in the guy's hands, let him be explosive and, uh, you know, you know, defensively they have probably their you know, own things too. Um, uh, but like personally, I'm sorry. Like I if someone says something, I don't know. Uh, but, it was, but yeah, it was Alvin Alvin was talking about it after the game.
1: Gotcha. Um, but I, I just so when you kind of look at that and you say, okay, these are our core beliefs and this is what we do well and mm-hmm. this is what we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. How important is that to kind of be able to hone in on as an offense and just kind of say, okay, this is our calling card and this is what we do. Like we, you know. Mm-hmm. The, Falcons, for example, they're running offense, you know they're gonna run the ball. Yep. Whereas at times for the Saints office it does seem like, okay, what is it that yep. this team does well? Yeah. So how important is that to kind of identify
3: Yeah, so that yeah, so in that context, yeah, to me that makes sense. Like you wanna know, like going into the game, this is how we're gonna attack and this is what we do, you know. And they know it, we know it, but we just gotta this is what we gotta do. And so that that's that's very important, you know, making sure that you have that. Uh, what makes it hard on coaches sometimes a lot of moving parts different things schematics matchup game plan all that kind of stuff it makes it tough sometimes Uh, you know that's just speaking in general terms you know not just here that's just uh i've been on teams where like this is what we're going to do and then you're playing a team that says like no you're not and there's things they can do to make it that way and so schematically that can be tough on uh coaches to do just one thing you know um Know, over and over again, but for sure, there's things that we talk about like this is what we need to do this week, um, and sometimes those things change, you know, uh, based on the game plan. Has that been one of the bigger challenges for the first three months of the season is finding what works consistently for you? In the I, I would say early on for sure for us, uh, you know, I man, I feel like if we get a you know, if we fix that, you know, red zone getting touchdowns and things like that, man, it, the whole thing would feel complete 180 you know everyone would feel completely different and so far right now our focus is to continue to do those main things that we talked about being explosive you know being physical and violent up front um, and then when we get down here man just have that mentality Say carry that mentality over where everyone does their job and if everyone does their job it works you know and we've proved to ourselves this year when everyone does their job it works and so um, yeah absolutely
1: so you, you heard that clip, identity, right? What does it mean? Um, well, when I said that answer kind of annoyed me, it's because is he trying to tell me that he's not aware of what his teammates are saying? Like, I can understand. Like So earlier this season, Derek kind of came out and said, you know, I don't listen to outside noise. And we were talking about the JTO Sullivan video where he was kind of this, the quarterback school was like a 46-minute video on you know, how Derek hasn't been playing well, right? And when he says, I'm not paying attention to that sort of thing, I, I believe him. Like, I don't think he's going down and watching a 46-minute video on from a guy yeah, who's not his coach. Right, somewhere else. When you come out and tell me that you are not aware of what your own teammates are saying in the locker room after a game. And now, I don't need you to watch every press conference, but this was a pretty well-documented conversation with Alvin Kamara that Dennis Allen was then talked about the next day. And if you're not aware of that, I think that's a problem. Like, I think that's a, that's not a good thing. Like that's there's blocking out the noise and then there is being just completely oblivious to what your teammates are saying and thinking and, and, and being about in the locker room. So that's a problem. I don't think that's a good sign. Well, I think that's where the BS comes in and that's where I
0: start going. Whatever. Yes, you do. Derek, you've heard what, what Kamara said, you know, what coach Allen
1: has said. Right so that right 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 so either you are lying to right. me or you are not aware of what your teammates are like one of those things is true it has to be one of those things has to be true and neither answer is good i'd like to think that he's just lying but you know maybe he doesn't and you know the funny thing is i will at least give him point for consistency because his answer was the exact same as Dennis Allen's in terms of being explosive on offense and you know the funny thing is like it's like but that's not what an identity is no. Right that's not like 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 having a couple big plays throughout the course of a game isn't an identity that's just something you've done your identity as an offense has been empty yards has been yeah we move the ball and we're happy about it but we don't score but we don't get touchdowns and it's like no, that's your identity right now. And in order to change that, you have to accept that that's your identity. Because if, if you're going to go into this and saying, okay, we just need to keep doing the good stuff and pretend the bad stuff doesn't exist, which is what they're saying, like they can say we are gonna we are gonna fix the problems and, and focus on the good stuff. Like, no, you're just gonna focus on the good stuff and act as if the problems don't exist. And that's that's my that's my biggest issue. I, right. and I, I don't I know how many times I need to do that same rant, but. These answers drive me nuts. Alvin summed it up perfectly, saying
0: consistently inconsistent, and bam, that's your identity for sure for the five and six Saints. Yeah. I mean, I I get the fact too, you're trying to protect whatever the the image maybe or the perception of guys, but I mean, we you saying to me to, to me Derek Carr going that direction with oh, he wasn't aware of what Alvin said he doesn't He didn't hear what coach you know coach Allen was saying kind of thing that makes me tune out to what he's saying overall cuz i just to me now everything's a bunch of bullshit
1: yeah i just don't buy it i just i just really just don't buy it and i don't think he buys it and I, I don't know it's it's frustrating yeah, um no, i love the fact that you
0: know bob you know bobby Abair always mentioned too oh he's a he's a good guy and i'm not, i'm not saying he's not i i'm a family man guy. faith you know all that and all but He hasn't been a good football player. And that's what I, what's it I really care about covering the team.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I care about a little more than that. Like, like I wouldn't be happy if we had Deshaun Watson in here and he was playing great football and just being a terrible person, (laughs) right? Like that's, that wouldn't be better per se. Like, I think there is value in having a, a good, like a high quality person in the locker room, but is that resonating or or is it just kind of like for show? Like That's what I wonder about. Is it too? Is, it, is a lot of this stuff happening for show and not actually resonating with anybody? Like he can come out and say, oh, we feel great in there. We're having a great time. <laughs> Are you? Because when I hear that answer and then I hear the other answers you give me, then why would I assume that that is true? And it's not just an extension of the, I'm not going to tell you the truth. Why would I tell you the truth? The truth is in there. Like, yeah, well, what else is it? I, I don't I,
0: I'd respect that more saying like, you know, like basically Kim Mulkey, that's in the locker room. It stays there. I'm not telling you anything.
1: That's fine. I would be, you know, right. It's like, be like, that's that. it's, it's a good, that's a good comparison. Cause it's like Kim Mulkey also won't tell you a lot of the stuff you want to know, but she's just going to be like, I'm not telling you that. And, and she's, it, not right. gonna, she's not going to, she's <laughs> not going to mince words. She's not going to sit like, like Derek admitted to doing, not going to say a bunch of words that don't mean anything and then tell you a oh, wall. Yeah. Okay. You know? It's like, just just say I'm not going to tell you and move on. Don't pretend to answer the question and not actually answer the question. Then I, his press conference would be a lot shorter. <laughs> this all comes to be
0: more annoying and, you know, poking at you, aggravating you more, obviously, during losing, you know, because obviously coaches and players are constantly lying
1: to us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Is it is it lying or is it just – not telling the entire story. And I think what you would hear from coaches is that it's more just, I don't tell you everything. I don't lie to you. Nothing. I I don't go out there and say things that are just untrue. Like I'm not going to go out there and just lie, but I will go out there and not tell you all the information. (laughs) Right. And, and so in effect, are you presenting a picture of something that's not accurate? Probably, but that's not different from lying because when you go out there and lie, that's a different story because, in a lot of instances, that lie will be proven a lie, you know. And then you get asked, like, well, you said this, then why didn't this happen? And then it, like, uh, like Dave Gettleman, when he was like, we are not trading Odell Beckham Jr., and then like a week and a half later, was like, well, look who, oh. who got traded, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they won that trade, let's <laughs> <to> be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a whole thing, and we will move on, but there's a lot more to talk about. I do feel bad, like. So much of this conversation around this team centers around Derek Carr because you have to have it centered around Derek Carr. There's a lot more going on. And I would love for a week where we can talk about something that's not the quarterback, right? But it's just you got to win a couple games for that to happen. Right now, the
0: the quarterback, we're seeing comparisons of this is, uh, you know, Derek Carr now and this is Andy Dalton from
1: last season. And it's not making you feel much better. (laughs) No, it's making you feel exactly the same exactly the same yeah and so uh, let's move on from that let's we're gonna get into a conversation with mike stone from 97.1 the ticket aka stoney host stoney and jansen show and he's gonna give us a lowdown on dan campbell on the lions on what to expect what this team has done well why they've struggled as of late all that good stuff stick around on inside black and Back here on Inside Black and Gold, and as promised, we are going to get a Lions breakdown, getting ready for Week 13 with Stony, host of Stony and Jansen Show, alongside former offensive lineman John Jansen on 97.1 The Ticket. And yeah, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We're going to get into this you know, the Lions are fascinating to me because they're a team that it just feels like halfway through last season decided, you know, we're tired of being this downtrodden franchise we're gonna be good and since that point they have won what uh 14 of of 17 games or 14 of 18 games something like that and you know it's you don't typically see turnarounds like that so you know I'm, I'm just curious as you as someone who's obviously followed this team for a long time does it does it do you kind of just keep waiting for the other shoe to drop is it almost feel like this isn't what's supposed to be happening
2: uh, yes, people here suffer, guys, from Sol, which is same old lions. I mean, the greatest stat in sports is the fact that you have a franchise that has won one playoff game since nineteen fifty-seven. I was born in fifty-eight. Now, I didn't grow up here. I've been here for thirty-six years. Uh, I believe the franchise has been jinxed. But hell, I mean, you guys used to be the laughing stock, and you know it can happen like that. But <laughs> it's it, for some reason this year it just feels. Different. They've had with Barry, they've had some good years, even with Stafford, they've made the playoffs, but they actually look like a real football team. It doesn't seem like it's fake. So we'll see what happens after Thanksgiving. It's like, oh boy, here we go. PTSD is setting in. Here we're going to go. Same old Lions. Uh, I think they're better than that. They're not as good as Philly or San Francisco or even Dallas, but I think they're a good football team and they're fortunate to play in a crap division. <laughs> well, uh, you we guys know about that too. Yeah, we, we don't know all, about so we don't that. About exactly. That,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, you you <laughs> mentioned real, and so someone who's real, definitely head coach Dan Campbell, who we know well too. Just uh the turnaround that he's been able to bring there, and that attitude, the mentality—it's just really fun to watch unfold.
2: Yeah, they've become, I think, because of him, almost like uh, in a weird way, America's team. Yeah, based on based on hard knocks. I mean, look. He was mocked when his first introductory press conference with the the kneecaps and all all that, all that stuff. And but on Hard Knocks, you really got to see him, the coach, his coaching staff, and even some of the players. Uh, they they love him. Now, has he made a lot of weird decisions? Yeah, I think that's the, uh, the Sean Payton influence sometimes. You know, but it's worked. They, they gamble a lot. Campbell's gambles. We call them most of the time they've been pretty successful. Nice. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's just weird. I mean, they, they hit people. They're, they're not the greatest team in the world. I mean, they don't have the greatest you know quarterback, but they have good young players and their biggest problem right now is defense. And, uh, but Dan Campbell, to his credit, he's going to put all the blame on the offense Says we got to outscore people. And, uh, that's what happened uh, against Green Bay. The offense in the last two games, actually, they've uh, turned over the ball over seven times. Six of them by God. Three fumbles on Thursday, and three interceptions against the Bears.
1: You know, Dan Campbell's funny because I feel like Saints fans probably know more about Dan Campbell now than they did when he was a coach here, right? Yeah. And, and you know, especially because you know Hard Knocks and everything. I really kind of illuminated you know the Dan Campbell kind of personality right? Because he's he's always been that guy. It's not like that's something that he decided was going to be the case when he got to Detroit and that people were going to start biting off kneecaps and stuff. Uh, you know, and obviously everyone kind of got to know Jamal Williams when he was on Hard Knocks a lot more than, the, you know, than they probably did previously. And he's kind of just right. this character. But, you know, has, has the team kind of embodied that? You know, obviously Aaron Glenn is there as well as another guy we're familiar with. But how yeah. how has the team kind of changed in terms of a personality with Dan there? Because it's like you either buy into that or you don't like it's, it's a, something that could probably go very wrong if it's not embraced the way it has. well, been. he's
2: coming, he's coming from probably, although record wise wouldn't show it, but still one of the worst coaches in NFL history in, in Patricia, who the players couldn't yeah. stand. <laughs> and now the right. players love him. And part of the reason you mentioned Aaron Glenn, you look at that staff and the, most of them are former players. And yeah. as long as they don't BS people, the players love that. They love playing for guys who they know. Now, conversely, the offensive coordinator, who everybody loves, Ben Johnson, was not a player. But you got Antoine Randall L. Uh, you got Mark Brunel's as the quarterback coach. You could go on, on and on. Dre Bly, guys who play in the league, and and that says something. Uh, they they love the grit part of it, and he is he's real. You guys, you know, you know him a little bit. He's he's not phony, and I think the players really like that a lot. Yeah, definitely someone who wears, the, you know,
0: the emotions on the sleeve kind of thing. And, I, yeah, I guess the players, like you said, respond to that uh, along with the fact that been there, done that. You mentioned the defense struggling. What's been up? Because I, thought, I felt like the D-line for this, this unit was a, a big strength. But, uh, really, I, I'm, I was surprised to see the amount of points the Lions have given up on average.
2: Well, they, they, they've gotten very little pass uh, pressure on the quarterbacks and Hutchinson. about that too. <laughs> Hutchinson's played okay, right? But he's getting doubled a lot, and he has no help. Last year they had this guy James Houston came out of nowhere, played with, for for Dion at Jackson State, and he had like what seven and a half, eight sacks in like six games. He got hurt in week one, I believe, so he's gone. They they really beefed up their secondary w- with free agency. And those guys got hurt. Emmanuel Mosley, he, he didn't play. I think he played one or two snaps. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, okay. Gardner-Johnson, who you're familiar with, he oh, got yeah. hurt early. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries in in the back half, and their linebackers are not that great anyway. Although, and one of the guys who's having his probably his best year, he's hurt. Anceloni, you know, uh, he probably won't play. Who knows about this week? And he, he won't play this week, and he probably won't play for a few weeks, unfortunately. How about the hand
0: tackle, McNeil has been really impressive. He's good.
2: He's good, but they have nobody.
0: Else. I mean, we I sit gotcha. there
2: we sit there and say, God, what could have been? I mean, if Jamison Williams comes to be fine, they traded up to the 12th pick. A lot of people said Jordan Davis this past year. Why? Jameer Gibbs is really good, and they got the extra pick, so they got Laporte out of it too. But yeah. you got Jalen Carter sitting right there. I mean, I know there's a lot of off-field, and <laughs> other teams passed cool. on him too. So uh, that, to me, is a, a big deal. But they – and even at the deadline – uh, sweat, the price was a little heavy because, yeah. you know, Chicago's pick was a lot better than the the Lions would have been for Washington. But Chase Young, mm-hmm. you could have gone. I mean, him and and Hutch and bookends would have been really good, at least for one year. And even, you know, I wanted him to go sign JPP. Now you guys had him and then now he's now with Miami. <laughs> you know, Bruce Irvin, he might make his Lions debut. How much does he have at his left at his age? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had JPP for about twelve minutes. So. Yeah, but I mean, come on, you got the, left. <laughs> you got the whole Aquara family in
2: there. It's not getting it done for you. I mean, no, um, not really. <laughs> Neither of them have played very well.
1: But yeah, so I, you know, it is interesting. So you look at the defense, but you know, I think this game, at the end of the day, it's going to be can the Saints. Defense, stop the run. You know, if the Saints defense gets gashed on the ground the way they did against the Falcons, it's just it's hard to envision a way with the limited options on offense that they're going to have with none of their top three wide receivers that you can expect this game to be a shootout. Right. So I am curious. Obviously, David Montgomery is dealing with a foot injury. Jameer Gibbs is very good as a young player. It's a really good offensive line. Jared Goff, you know, it's it's one of those situations where I think the Saints are actually you know, it's it's one of the more difficult matchups in terms of the teams and the offense, but in terms of a quarterback who's not going to try to run around, that's what the right. Saints want to face. So yeah, I'm just curious, from a run game perspective, what what has kind of been your view? Where is David Montgomery? Is that injury something to actually pay attention to? Go ahead.
2: He he played pretty well after he got back from the injury, so he's had a few good games. Gibbs is going to be really really good. You mentioned the offensive line. Uh, Jonah Jackson, who's a really good run blocker, not great pass protection. He practiced yesterday. He did not play against Green Bay, so that helps. Yeah, their offensive line is a top-five offensive line, but against the Packers, it certainly wasn't. So if they can play up their potential, Ragnow's been in and out. uh, His toe's bothering them. If they – you know, Sewell's a stud. If he can do it, you know, if they can play the way they can, yes, they should just run, run, run when they can and then use the play action because if they can't run the ball, Goff is – is is very limited because he's great in play action. For the most part, he makes good decisions when he's out of play action. So that, that, that'll that be very interesting. What did you guys do to Jamal Williams?
0: It's like you sucked the life force out of him. 17 touchdowns last year. We got, we've got got nothing. Big big old bupkis for us uh, this season. Just really surprised. I thought he was going to be, you know, kind of that uh, wrecking ball presence and just we haven't seen him really
2: materialize. Fun guy mm-hmm. to talk to, but... Yes, uh, we we need production. Did you have a lot of anime there? Because that that <laughs> he seems to love that. Yeah, um Pokemon, yeah, uh, yeah, and all all that stuff. So he look, he was really great in, in short yardage, and he had some you know good carries as well. I mean, they got rid of both their good running backs, Williams and DeAndre Swift, as well. Pretty amazing, right? So yeah, Jamal. It is surprising. I know he got he got injured a little bit. He still, at least for us, he was really good in short yardage. I mean, you mentioned all the touchdowns he had. He was almost un- un- unstoppable. But, yeah, it is a surprise. But because they are the Lions, he'll have three touchdowns on Sunday.
1: That would be nice. It, it, it would be I nice. I totally to understand that. your vantage point, too, because
0: I think Saints fans feel the same way when we face former Saints, obviously, too.
2: Yeah, but, you know, when you go back to the Saints-Lions history, I think you'll take Willie Roe over <laughs> Pat Swilling. And although – One of my most underrated Lion trades ever came with the Saints when we go and the Lions got Brett Perriman for like a third or fourth round draft pick. That's going way back. You guys are probably too young for that. (laughs) I know the name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because CJ, you know, like the whole CJ departure thing was kind of awkward. And, you know, I keep waiting for the revenge game. And the last two years, there's been an opportunity. They've played the team that he's on, but he's been hurt both times. And
2: I know, you know he's, kind of- he's he's a character, as you guys know. I mean, oh, yeah, they, they, they put on this, they, they started this thing after they beat San Francisco. If it'll be Kansas City, excuse me, we're gonna wear ski masks. And that was all CJ. Yeah. We're, see, we're running in, we're gonna <laughs> with ski masks, and then he gets hurt. So that the ski mask thing went right down the old, uh, you know what, right. Well,
1: that was – and it's funny because that's a Saints thing. That started with, I think, Mike Thomas and uh, back in, like, the 2018 season. I don't even know if CJ was there. I think it was – but, like, that was something that they – like, if you go back and you'll find Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram doing post-game interviews and ski masks, Uh, it's kind of funny. By the way,
2: curious, was Ingram always so verbose when he played with you? He's really good on TV, and so was he like that with you guys?
1: Yeah, definitely
0: someone in the locker room you went to and knew you were going to get a good soundbite from – uh, great talker. you knew, you kind of got that inkling he was headed towards the media realm after after
1: football, for sure. and
0: yeah. and
2: what's the deal with Michael Thomas? man, he was so I, mean, I can't figure that out. I'm sure you guys are going through that too.
1: Uh, you know, it's it's funny we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but you know, Mike, it, it's you know just, there's a certain point where you you're in you get hurt so much that it's in your head and like you just can't get back. And you know he's he got through nine games. I thought he looked fine. He was. But, you know, it's it, the funny thing about Mike Thomas, too, is he's not young. You no. know, you look no. at you know the guy he replaced, Brandon Cooks, and got drafted, what, three years after is younger than him. It's kind of weird, you yeah. know, because yeah, Brandon Cooks, it feels like he's been in the league forever. I think he got in the league in like 2014. That's because he's uh, played for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the, the complete opposite of like, OK, he came out of college as early as possible and, and Mike Thomas came out as late as possible. And so you look at it, it's like you look at the core of that group, and it's Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's what has people frustrated about the Saints right now. And it's kind of the opposite of, in terms of the, the Lions, is like their core group of guys is getting older and older and older, and you're like, well, if you're not good now, you're not going to get better. Right. And, and I think that's kind of the opposite of where the, the Lions are now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like your core group, other than Jared Goff, you're young guys right in oh, ross yeah. Brown who I love I loved coming out. I think he's a great player. Um, he doesn't you know, get enough
2: credit. Position. no he does, like, he um, doesn't because he's you know he's not flashy you right
1: know? yeah from a trajectory perspective, it just feels like this is a team that even if it's you know it's hit some hard times over the last couple of weeks and you're starting to you're seeing kind of the growing pains of a of an NFC power trying to figure out who it is like we saw that with the Eagles last like the first couple of years they mm-hmm. made the playoffs they lost and then they kind of just kept up growing I just it kind of feels like that's where the Lions are right now and I'm just curious what, what do you think about that
2: yeah I think uh, we look at them and say you know we got a little carried away we're talking about you know who are you going to root for in this game because you know we could get the one seed like Eagles Niners who do you want no you want the Eagles to win you're not going to get the one seed okay right. so maybe to try to get the two seed I think people are the a realization that they're a good team they're they're not a great team and they've had the benefit of some some favorable stuff. I mean, when they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead, no Kelsey, no Chris Jones. And they haven't played a lot of really top-notch quarterbacks either when you look th- through who they've played. So hopefully for us, Derek Carr will be the mediocre Derek Carr. But, you know, you, you know he can be really good sometimes.
0: Yeah, the uh, that's the problem, the, the sometimes yeah. – uh, Go on, looking at that offense again. You briefly mentioned Sam Laporta, just a a really uh, a key rookie in that tight end class that uh, was raved about so much, and just seems to be pretty productive every game. Just uh, uh, has the trust of Goff, obviously, and. I don't know, it seems like five, six, seven targets a game at least.
2: Yeah, he's not he, he, He's not a great blocker, but he's gotten better at it. And look, everybody couldn't understand. I mean, we did outside of Detroit. Why would you trade TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, that's right. Well, because we you, know, not, you don't want to pay him what he's now getting for Minnesota, as good as he is. If you can get somebody else and Laporta – not quite as good as Hawkinson right now, but it's it's rookie year. Right. His production is really, really good. So that ended up being a really good move. You know, I think they're having a hard time figuring out. I mentioned this the trade deadline. Okay, we're good. We our record might be ahead of schedule. So why F with that? You know? So yeah, but here where you haven't won ever, you say F the picks like the Rams did and just do anything to possibly yeah. get to the Super Bowl.
1: What was the reaction kind of when you saw Matt Stafford win win a Super Bowl with the Rams? Was that was, kind
2: of it was pretty polarizing? I mean, I like him personally, so I thought it was it was okay. But there were people that, you know, you had one side that say he could never win, he can never win, he can never win, he can never win a playoff game, it's all his fault. Then there's the other side that says it's all the Lions, it's this organization yeah. of history, history, history. And basically it's somewhere in between. I'd say the reason they never won a playoff game with him and maybe 20% him because he had, you know, and people say, well, he never had a running. Okay. Reggie, Reggie Bush one year. They never, every other year they had a decent defense with, you know, Sue was really good obviously. And he had Calvin Johnson for crying out loud. I mean, so yeah, he had good players. He had awful coaches too.
1: So, you know, I'm just kind of coming full circle. We've been all over the place on this, but it's <laughs> it's I'm okay. about. I talked about it yesterday. I haven't yesterday.
2: even brought up former Michigan center Caesar Ruiz yet. Yeah. You know? Oh, there
1: you go. Um, but so I, I am curious because because the Saints fans are kind of going through it right now in terms of Dennis Allen. And, you know, you're in year two. And this is a very similar situation where the Lions were with Dan Campbell. And, you know, it's like you're looking at 313 and one and then one and six. Right. Any reasonable person would be like, he's not the guy. Get rid of him. And I i am sure that that was a loud, a loud sentiment at that point. And, and it, it changed. Right. Like you're yeah. now at a point where everyone's like Dan Campbell. Wow. He's the guy. I'm just curious. So how loud was it at one and six, even four and seven? Like you're not out of the woods. Like Dennis Allen could have a team go win three games and everyone would still be like, well, know. yeah, OK. But, you know, how loud was the kind of anti anti Dan sentiment at that point? And at what point did it start to turn? Um, it had to be kind of late in the season last year.
2: Well, I mean, the owner, uh, Sheila Fordham, she basically gave him a vote of confidence saying, look, yeah. we're, this is for the long haul because he signed a, a six-year contract. Yeah, you know, look, there are some people who look at the record, you're right, who just want to, he's not the guy, he's a clown, he does all this stuff. You know, Harry High School, this stuff doesn't work in the NFL. And then when they started to win games, people started to, it started to change. And Hard Knocks got really people into the football team, too. I mean, they really got to say, you know, he's a really good guy. And now he can run for mayor. And win.
1: Uh, and he would, and he, no one will want to fight him because he's nah, scary looking. No. Nah, nah. <laughs> I don't know if
0: we touched on. I'm sorry if we did. I, I can't recall. How is Anzalone looking heading into this game? Is it is it not looking good for him to no, play? Again, I,
2: no, he didn't practice yesterday. I don't think he. he I don't think he's playing at all. Gotcha. It, it could <laughs> be because they don't, as you know, in the NFL, they won't say. Just reading right. between the lines, and we have Campbell on every every Tuesday. I think this one might be for a few weeks at minimum. It's a hand injury. Yeah. What happened? I don't. I you know he he came out of the game against Green Bay. Uh, I think maybe maybe he broke his wrist. I don't. I, I don't. I don't yeah. know.
1: It's it's funny because it's like you hear there's certain appendages that you see on the injury report, and they're I like, ah, just wrap it up, put a right. club on it. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, sometimes it's not that simple. But all right, again, we've been talking to Stoney's host of Stoney and Jansen with former offensive lineman John Jansen on ninety-seven. Point one, the ticket. And before I let you go, you know, what is your prediction for this game? I, it, I feel like there must be a good amount of confidence on the Lions side of the equation. Where do you, How do you see this all playing out?
2: Uh, I think what happened to them on Thanksgiving is probably good for them. The injury situation for the Saints is probably good for them. Although, like, you know, Vanzeloni not playing the Lions defense. I, for the Saints to win, they're going to really have to pass the ball out. I know you got your, your receiving core is really depleted. Right. Uh, the Lions historically can't cover tight end, so your tight end will probably be a big part of the offense. This could be a Taysom Hill game for you guys uh, one way or the other. I, I think the Lions, they seem to play, except for the Baltimore game, they seem to play well on the road. I think they win a close game. I'm stunned, though, that they're, what, a four-and-a-half to five-point favorite yeah. on the road. Yeah. That, to me, is absurd, but those guys know a hell of a lot more than I do.
1: Well, I mean, come on, you know Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson—they're basically the same guy. Like they're going to be able to do all the same things that the, that the Ravens did, and yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's me being facetious. Now you but, guys, look,
2: you guys got to be happy. The Pelicans, Zion, seems happy. they you <laughs> know, as opposed to our sorry ass team has lost fifteen straight games in season
1: just- champs. <laughs> That's I'm getting, I'm getting excited. I'm going to, my, my prediction is the Pelicans win the in-season tournament and then miss the playoffs. <laughs> and
2: point. Zion, oh. I'll get hurt. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Zion,
0: I- we're still treating him with kid gloves though, too. It's like, we don't see him on back-to-backs. Right. We're not doing that load, load management. Right.
2: Well, it, it worked in their favor the other night. Cause he uh, oh,
0: yeah. didn't play right. Yeah. He, yeah. He, and, uh, yeah. He went off last night. It was, uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty great to see. And CJ McCollum was back, which was, Uh, a good polarizing, you know,
1: presence for this, for this team. They need that vet back on the court. Well, so they, they, he had set like a record for the most, the most points ever without missing a basket. Like he's like one of the five guys in NBA history to do that for more than 30 points without missing a shot. But then they went back and they decided that like a ball that got hit out of his hands was technically a shot. So now he's 10 for 11 in the game,
2: (laughs) which is like, guys, what
1: are you doing? Who are you trying to impress the official scorer over here? By the Uh, way,
2: since we're all all over the place, this this quarterback from around here is going to make his decision in January. uh, Bryce Underwood between, I believe it's going to be between Michigan and LSU. Mm -hmm. So he's really, really good. But he's a junior this year, so he's got one more year left.
1: Yeah, LSU's the, they do transfers. They don't do—they they don't recruit anymore. And they just get transfer quarterbacks and they go and win the Heisman, and then yeah. they go on the NFL. That's what they do. That's what you know. That's what teams do now.
2: That's what college football is all about. I mean, it's 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 incredible. Maybe right that, or we steal football. signals. I don't know.
1: Right, right. right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> winning
1: winning a recruiting battle for a quarterback just doesn't feel impactful anymore. No, like like the Texas got Arch Manning. And it's just like, is he ever going to play for Texas? No, he's going to be there for three years. Then they're going to get a recruit. They're going to get somebody in the transfer portal, and then he's going to transfer to like Ole Miss yeah. and- or, or <laughs>
2: Tennessee, whatever one of his uncles to- gives exactly. gives him the most money. <laughs> right,
1: right, right, right. Uh, it's just it's such a weird thing. But anyway, I do appreciate your time, man. And uh, as 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 always, you know, you have you have a good one.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate. Happy holidays to all the state fans down there. And there'll be a there'll be a strong contingent. The Lions fans have traveled very well this year, so there'll be a lot of Honolulu blue and the Superdome. They'll get cheap tickets. Yeah. Oh, they oh they, oh really? They're <laughs> you guys? I I've been to New Orleans like two or three times, and I I told Dan Campbell on the air. I said, "So tell me, have you ever been to Camellia Grill?" He nothing. <laughs> he said, "No, oh, I heard of it, but you know, all he talks about is shrimp gumbo." So yeah.
1: Yeah, you can find that. Yeah. Thanks guys. Come in. You too. Thanks so much again for, to Mike stone, AKA Stoney for giving us that inside look. And, and, you know, it is funny. And I, and I said this yesterday, and you know, it's not over for, you know, and I think that's just like saints fans kind of look at it and be like, man, how can you look at this team and see any possible light at the end of the tunnel? I think the way Mike, I'm sorry. I think the way Bobby would put it is like, sometimes that light is a train and it's going to hit you. But, you know, it's you look at this Lions team, it's like this Saints team is is not anywhere different from where that Lions team was last year, actually in better shape. That Lions team was four and seven. The Saints team is five and six. And so, like, I'm not saying that's going to happen for the Saints, but I'm also not saying I'm I'm not going to look at it, this and tell you that they're dead in the water because they're not. But they do need to come out and win a game. And unfortunately, that win needs to come against a team that's playing really, well, I guess I can't say they're playing really good football, but a team that's played really good football this season in the Lions. And you got to, if you're the Saints, you're going to want to hope that that, that that defensive streak of poor plays continues against you in the Superdome. And if it does, and you can get a win. And I think, you know, we, we heard from Derek Carr, and he's like, oh, we got you just got to win a game. And then, you know, and, and things will start to feel different. And I I, like, you know, as stupid as it sounds, it's true. Like every, every win you get feels amazing in the NFL because it's hard to win. And the Lions are uh, like the perfect example of that. Like no one in Detroit thought that team had a chance of making the playoffs at one and six. I guarantee you not even the, not even the most optimistic of fans (laughs) would have looked at that with anything. The pain, right? Yeah. Like their finger, their fingers were heading, holding just right over the button. You know, and, you know, that's why you you're, you see GMs be patient um, because things can turn around. And while I'm not going to predict that it will for the Saints, it can. And so, yeah. yeah, I think it's a fitting team to be playing at this point.
0: Yeah, I kind of forgot that, um, you know, there was another Saints connection
1: with Mark Brunel over there, too. I mean, there's plenty of Saints connections. We didn't even talk about Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like, there's, there's a lot. And, uh, yeah, Nephi Sewell is playing another brother. Yeah, there you go. Right. The Sewell <laughs> brothers. Too, there's too many Sewells. They're everywhere. Um, maybe it, what the Lions should do is just start collecting siblings, right? Because they already have the Aquaras. Now they can get two more Sewells. They can hire Derek and David Carr as co-QB coaches. I don't know if uh, Amon St. Ra's got any relatives, but I'd like a few of him on he my does. team. Amon Ra St. Brown. What did you call him? Did hear um, well, Amon? The Mon- oh, Amon I mean, Ross right. St. Brown. His yeah. brother is Equinemius St. Brown. He's also a wide receiver, so they could theoretically have both St. Browns. You're correct. Um, I think they should. I think that's that's how they should go about their business. <sighs> we are brothers <sighs> on the Lions. The brothers. Literally. The Lion Kings. Um, Alright, let's wrap up that segment. we We're going to come back. We're going to get into X-Factors really quick and just kind of preview you know, what, what, what our keys are for this game. All that sort of stuff. Thanks for hanging in there. It's been kind of a herky-jerky episode, but we, we're, we're getting through it here on Inside Black and Gold. Gold. i'm jeff nowak he is steve I got one more segment here we're gonna do our typical bullshit breakdown of the x factors <laughs> of the game because you know it's you know we'll, we'll talk about a lot of stuff and we'll say what we think we needs to happen and then and it never you know, does same shit over and over <laughs> again but we're gonna do it we're gonna talk about it um you know, i love it, that man that's great and, and I do think, you know, this game, it's it's funny. And, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Like, I'm not changing my tune. I think the Saints match up well against the Lions in terms of it's one of the first matchups in a long time where you don't have to look at the quarterback and be like, how are we going to contain him? How are we going <laughs> to contain him? He's going to run all day. and And so it's just like, you know, good. Maybe they can build some confidence in a matchup where it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like Tom Brady in the past where it's like everyone's like, oh, that's Tom Brady. He's the best of all yeah. time. They're like, yeah, but at least we know where he's going to be. <laughs> you know, it's like he's good. It's like he's there and we're going to run at him and maybe we can tackle him. You know, maybe not. Maybe he throws the ball really fast, but we're going to go. We're going to try to get. Him. And so Jared Goff is kind of that. And I think Deuce put it pretty well. It's like if the Lions are going to beat you, you need to force Jared Goff to beat you. You need to force him to to identify throws you can't just allow them to run the ball and 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 set up play action and then by the time he does throw the ball you're sitting back and you're in the you're you have eight guys in the box trying to stuff the run and then you're man to man on the outside and he can got to pick you apart so that's that's kind of my like I, I I still feel that way I still feel like this is a game the Saints should you know we're, we're looking at it and the Lions are heavy favorites in the Superdome despite playing badly like not playing well uh, the last two weeks. And it's more about how the saints are being perceived right now. And, you know, well, like a lot of it is based on, you know, like, I think the media is, is, is all, all kind of against Derek Carr. And when that happens, the money goes against the the saints. And that's why you're seeing that heavy line. I think the saints are going to win this game, uh, as annoying as that's going to be for people to watch, but we'll, (laughs) <laughs> we'll see it. You mean, you mean the fire Dennis Allen now crowd? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about there. Like I, because this is it's like oh, what the the most on brand thing for this to happen this season oh, for sure is the Saints will go out and beat the Lions, and then the 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 Panthers will show up and and bully them. And um, Bryce Young is going to have the best game of his life. And then everyone's gonna be like, oh, the Panthers need to keep this guy who I, with their special teams coach. I don't even know who it is. I was kind of um, joking that Bryce Young gets hurt this week and we'll see Andy Dalton. That would be funny. But yeah.
0: So it's you a know script I got it was an early version of the script.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Early version. <laughs> um yeah, before the before the redactions. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, can you tell I'm not super excited to talk about the Saints right now? Like it's just it's such a demoralizing team to talk about because it's just everything's negative and you just can't imagine good things happening and every time you think that something has clicked then it then it breaks you know like if you told me that the Saints would have perfect health through 9 games and then still be struggling this hard heading into week 13 you know it's it's tough but you know let's 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 stop listening to me and let's listen to you and so <laughs> what's what let's start on the defense and so if you're yeah. picking a defensive x factor a defensive player that you need to have a big game what what would it be I keep going back to the D
0: line over and over and over, and I've been, you know, hoping to see something more from Cam or, you know, Brzee. Uh, But I'm really focused on the two defensive tackles with uh, Saunders and Shepard. I just feel like there really hasn't been much going on in that middle, either with the the pressure or even in run def- defense, and that that's obviously not good. And going into this matchup, two decent running backs you're going to have to keep in check. And then a quarterback, like you were just saying, you're, we're going to dare you to beat you, but we're still, we got to get pressure on the QB uh, at the end of the day. Seeing no sacks, no pressures at the end
1: of games, I, I, it's not cutting it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm kind of looking at Isaiah Foskey. I think this is going to be a chance for him to to, to show up and to show what he's got. You know, he's, he's back healthy. Cam is not, you know, even if Cam plays, it's hard to imagine he's at 100%. So do you limit his snaps? Do you give Isaiah, especially on pass downs, chances to get upfield and get up to the quarterback? And, you know, one thing I've been saying is the Saints are just not athletic enough on the defensive line. And maybe that helps. Maybe the young guy can get in there and just, you know, shoot some life into this defense. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, you're going to have to stop the run, but you're also going to have to get after Jared Goff and harass him and make him uncomfortable in the pocket. And someone's got to do that. And I think they're probably going to double Carl and they're going to leave you one-on-one on the opposite side. Cause who, what defense is, is doubling cam right now? I don't, I don't know why you would. And so, oh, right. yeah, I mean, I think that's something you're going to have to see is can someone generate pressure and can it, can it be Isaiah? So, you know, Maybe, I, I think feel it's, like we haven't heard much from Granderson recently either. He's getting doubled. <laughs> uh, and you haven't been able to make it hurt on the other side. So, you know, right. that that would be nice. And, and I think part of, you know, when you're dealing with these mobile quarterbacks and you're, you're, you can't rush the way you necessarily want to. And it's like, okay, we have to maintain our rush discipline and this and that. Yeah. And that does hold you back a little bit on the pass rush front. Like the way Deuce would – say is like you have to stop the run you have to earn the right to rush the passer and the saints have not earned that right so you know that's that's what you're going to want to see this week Um, yeah you put it perfect you know i always hear from cam and everybody else stop the run have some fun and we ain't been doing that no they haven't stopped the run and you know it's going to be tough to stop the run like you're going to have to find ways to do that um you know i'd like to see jordan howden get up there and make some tackles i think marcus may has been bad I've said this so many times, you know, that go, go back and watch the B. John Robinson run in the first half. Marcus may is in position to make a tackle. He doesn't even come close, you know, and it's just, it's just not good. Yeah, I know. And, and like they invested in him and I get it. And, you know, I, I just don't know if he ever fully got back from that Achilles injury. It just doesn't look explosive. Like, so hope, maybe Jordan Howden and, and, and Jonathan Abram to a lesser extent can get in there and make some plays, assuming assuming Marcus doesn't play. I think that depth chart should flip personally. And I've been saying that for a few weeks now. But yeah, so like that's gonna that, you know, how that nickel spot holds up in, in run coverage, how Awante holds up in run in run run support. That's important. Um, maybe, like so, you mentioned with May two, because of the, the struggles, they're like, you know what, ease back, we'll sit out the week. I mean, look at what happened in Indy. Hmm. he was healthy or I guess not healthy, but he, he was not, he didn't play. He was inactive, but it wasn't because he was incapable of playing. It was because he didn't practice that week. And they were like, we're okay with Jordan. You know, like you don't do that to a player. Like, like what name, some other players that you would be like, nah, we don't need you. Right. Like that's Jimmy Graham. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like, would you, 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 would you have done that with Chris Olave, right? Would you have done that? Would you have done that with Cam, right? Like, if Cam is not practicing this week, he's still going to play if he's healthy enough to play, right? Like, there is not a like you wouldn't have done that with Tyron Matthew. You wouldn't have done that with yeah. Marshawn Lattimore. You wouldn't have done that with Paulson Adebo. No. So I, I mean, I, th- I think that that's a pretty telling decision in terms of where you're at right now with Marcus. And I think the only thing that's holding them back is the fact that Jordan's a rookie and he's going to make rookie mistakes. And yeah, I'm okay with some rookie mistakes because I think you get point, more dynamic.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's that's uh, I I don't like I don't like I don't like trashing guys, but I just don't think he's been good enough, and I think we need to be honest about that. Now on the offensive yeah. side, who who would you say your offensive X factor is? Well, uh, with
0: the depleted offense, yeah, whoever's uh, out there, right? I, I'm I'm gonna have to lean on AK man. I mean, he is the definite playmaking workhorse that I expect to be involved constantly. I know we talked with Stoney mentioning, oh, this is going to have to be a Taysom Hill game. And as much as I'd like to agree with it, I just don't know because of the consistent, inconsistent usage of him. I don't know which which pl- game plan we're going to get for for Taysom. I do know AK is definitely constantly fed the ball. So I'm more confident in going with him as
1: the big difference maker in this. They'll use Taysom. They're going to use Taysom. Uh, he's going to get the ball. Don't don't you worry about that. Um, now, is he successful? You know, that's this is this seems like it should be a matchup where he's going to be able to take advantage of that defensive line that that is not particularly stout against the run, right? It's like, you know, they, they uh, Aiden Hutchinson is really good. I think they have some guys who can get after the passer, but the interior it does not scare me whatsoever and so maybe you can make some hay there i'd like to see them get a little more creative with how they use Taysom, but i think Taysom will get the ball um although maybe they'll say like well we tried your seven carry thing and that didn't work so <laughs> now they have to get to eight carries that's the new number It's that's, that's what they got to do right because now um, it's
0: 15 and one with eight carries right
1: something yeah. like that yes that's what it is um you know i i i look at and so it's, if chris Olave plays that obviously changes everything if he doesn't, which yeah. I, didn't, it's hard to imagine he plays, you know. Yeah, because he lit up. Obviously, we know he lit up that game before the half. Yeah,
0: he did. <laughs> I was excited.
1: As and a the fan, play he Fiona. went out on was like you know probably should have been another fifty yard play, right? Like that's it's yeah. frustrating, and he went down hard, and it's just hard. It's just it's tough to imagine he clears the concussion protocol, and the Saints don't really have much say in that. Like it's like you can't like they're going to go out there and bribe the independent neurologist, right? Um, so, you know, if he can't go, it's like, okay, who's stepping up? Who's that guy? Is it Lynn Bowden? You know, I, I think this team likes Lynn Bowden, you know, and I don't know if they're going to use him as a true wide receiver. That's the question. Cause it just, his hands aren't great, but can you get him involved? You know, I think they had some interesting looks for him and he was effective. Like if I want him out in the open field, I want to get him the ball in the open field. Can you get him the ball on some screens, right? Can you get him the ball behind the line of scrimmage and make him, let him make people miss. Cause he's that type of athlete. Like he's that type of dynamic player with the ball in his hands. Just the only question is, can you trust him downfield throwing him the ball? So, you know, if you go into this game without Chris Olave and you're kind of relying on Marquez Callaway, who I, I assume Marquez Calloway was going to get elevated. It would be, it would seem like crazy to not elevate him. Right.
0: No, and I was uh, surprised, you know, you mentioned with, you know, they tried out kickers obviously this week, brought in someone from the practice squad. They didn't try out a single receiver, and I, I didn't
1: expect that. Yeah, so right. The guys in the building. I mean, they did bring in Marquez last week, so it's not like they haven't added somebody with the idea that it's like so you have him, you have Keith, uh, you have Lynn, right? You could technically elevate John Trey, although I just don't I don't think that's gonna happen. Um and you're just gonna you're gonna see what happens, but yeah, like someone for the Saints to win this game, someone in the wide receiver room is going to have to step up and make some plays. Jawan Johnson, yes, going to have to be a big part of the game plan, right? Jimmy Graham, maybe, maybe you run some heavy tight end looks and you get him involved as a pass catcher. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting if they don't elevate him this week. If they don't activate him this week, I don't know when you when you will. <laughs> right. So well, if he's active Sunday, it's like what well, we, you really have.
0: No usage for him in this matchup with no... Just
1: make him a, make him a coach. Let him retire. <laughs> make him a coach and save a roster spot. Because that's... Just, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, who, who knows? Maybe after the season, we'll get the inside story of the real Jimmy Graham story. Real Jimmy Graham story. He's been riding bikes. He, he bought a, They brought him in because he promised to buy Peloton for the weight room. Which he did. He did do that. I did not and, know that one. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, he, he's got to gotta ride his bikes. You know, it's funny because uh, Juwan... One of the few times I saw Jimmy Graham in the locker room, Javon was doing an interview and Jimmy was walking by talking about how what people did on their bye weeks, and he was like, Yeah, some of us you know went home, some of us went to Miami and rode bikes.
0: (laughs) So wait a minute, Jimmy had to buy a Peloton for the weight room?
1: I suppose, yeah. That's crazy to me. I mean, they have bikes, they have yeah, they have but he wanted a Peloton. He he wanted that one. I guess
0: I, I can whatever. Yeah, you're you can do what you want. That just seems wild to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, but I guess we all have our uh, on a lesser scale. Like you go to the station, we have our own headsets or whatever kind of deal. So whatever. <laughs> it's way
1: off track there. Great comparison, I know. Yeah, it's very very similar. We are very similar. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's my kind of X factors. You know, who, what, what? I don't even name. Like maybe Lynn, maybe Marquez. Someone's got to step up in that wide receiver room and catch some passes. At. <laughs> At that's who I was. I, I, if
0: if he remembers where he is,
1: yes, I didn't remember him because he, <laughs> uh, you know, my my brain had a cramp just like his did uh, on that on that play. There's been a lot of brain cramping with this team. Yeah, but all right, let's wrap that up. This is the final episode of the week of this super happy week of inside. I'm going to say so positive. I'm hopeful that we can have a happier podcast Sunday evening after the game so that we can stop griping and, and hooting and hollering in, in the negative way. And we can hoot and holler about positive things. I'm predicting a heavy duty bourbon podcast after the, the Sunday's game. I'll have to go buy some bourbon. <laughs> yes. Stock up now, please. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Check us out on for latest news notes and analysis. And until then, who that go Saints and go Jets this week. Unreal. Go Jets. Why? About to the
0: Falcons.
1: Ah. Aaron Rodgers going to be back soon. Go Jets. Barry Boyle. J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Sorry. Right. Easy. Y'all. Peace. Who that?